I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And the rain is with us tonight. I don't want to boast, but I'm going to. I think two weeks yeah. in a row. Two in a row, guys. <laughs> we're on a street. So now. if you want to know how we're doing in December, we are nailing it. <laughs> two also, podcasts in a also, row. Also, praise report number two. Do you hear weird rumblings from my heater? What? Yeah. Success. Silent. We are heated. In a sort of a silent way tonight. That's that is especially <laughs> luxurious. You'll hear the rain, but you won't silent hear the rumbling of the theater. The theater. So theater. tonight theater. we discovered that uh, we hosted a giveaway of my new. Did book. you discover it tonight too? No, I'm saying oh. tonight we discovered that Becca had no idea oh, that we yeah. hosted a giveaway of my mm. new book. You can tell I've been tapped into you social can tell media. She's been all over on social media paying close attention close. to everything that's happened. Because my daughter, I said to Jemima, I was like, yeah, we're gonna, I think we're gonna try and podcast tonight. And she goes, well, that's good because you have to announce the winners. And I said, uh, what winners? Winners of what? <laughs> and she was like, "Do you not we're know?" We're raffling, this? Becca. We're raffling <laughs> off said, a no. back ra- a no. back seat um, <laughs> slot for someone to podcast with us. So if you if you fly out here to podcast with us, we will try to really make an effort to to show that up and hilarious. do it instead you of miss that week. You shouldn't say these things. People won't know you're lying, and they'll. I think am that- lying. That's not what we were raffling no. off. We were raffling off. No, no raffles. There was no raffling involved. It was. A just a drawing, giveaway. a giveaway through Canon for my new book, uh, and there are three winners, and I, I don't really know do how to like get out like the fanfare like, here. Do we have like special effects we, we have could th- add? You do special effects. I'll say their name. You do the special <laughs> effects. <laughs> Listen carefully, guys. It might be it you. It might be you. Okay. Our three winners are Shell Rosengren, Jenny Squires, and Lindsay Wise. So, nice. I'm supposed to tell you that you should hear from Canon Press. If you don't hear from someone at Canon, uh, you can you can email jake at canonpress.com. If you're Lindsay Wise, Jenny Squires, or Shell Rosengren. So, those awesome. are the three of you who won. Way to go, guys. Yes. Way to be in it. I didn't know there was anything to be in, but... I'm but glad you did. I almost gave Becca a chance to win her own copy <laughs> since, <laughs> since she missed it. But you can just give it to me for Christmas, right? Oh, what a treat that would be! I'll give you my book. You give me your <laughs> <a> book. <laughs> I read your book. It was a good book to read. Oh, it was worth its time. Mm, I'm gonna give you a quiz. See if you paid attention. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Becca. Becca, what? <laughs> Becca and I were just talking today about how badly we remember things that we wrote which Mm. is to say not at all and I think the worst one the problem is if you put a title on a chapter that doesn't indicate much to me like in one time this is years ago now but when I realized panic attack central over this I was a radio interview with someone and it was the time that I learned to have a copy of the book that they were interviewing me about with me oh, sure, yeah. because they were just say things like 
so about chapter five, like <laughs> I, and I was just like, no idea what you're talking about. Or then they would say like, they would reference some part of it, like a circus. And I'd just be like, Hmm. What? <laughs> like, I have no idea what we're talking well, about. And in that particular radio interview, I was running around our house trying to find a copy of my own book, which I could not find. That's so awesome. I did end up having to be like, tell me a little more about <laughs> that what I section said. you're asking what me I about. What I said in that time. Give, Give me a clue. I know what I think. And I still think everything That's, I said Congrats in here. on that. That's a but step in the right if direction. If someone just casually references maybe part of an illustration I used one time, I'm uh, gonna need more. I'm oh yeah, need something beyond that. You're like, let's dig into this a little. It's bit It's not more. like I forgot what I thought of feminism. It's just I might not remember exactly how I phrased it in that moment. You know. Yeah. So I think it's funniest when you read. The, I I so in the process on this book, I had a couple times where. You had a you had a break from the book, you know, and then you come back to it to go mm-hmm. over it again. So you don't really recall what you've done. Sure. And when I came back to go over it, and you're reading it, there's something so bizarre about the moment when you're like, "Whoa, I never thought about that before." <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, but clearly well, I did. Clearly I did think about I that might before. Have been down this because, trail once <laughs> because. Because I've at least one time thought of this. Because I see that I tied a ribbon on this branch. I see I did. I must have been here once. I left my hoodie here. So I've been here before. Mm. Unless there's like raccoons getting into the garbage. Taking stuff out. So anyways. But yes. Goodness. So here we are going gangbusters towards Christmas. We are. We are charging down Uh the road. I... Am randomly sewing pillowcases. Pillowcases. These are the things that take you in December when you're like, Why are you sewing pillowcases? Well, I'm not sure how it happened at the outset. I'm not sure what triggered it. Like, I can't remember the ground zero of why mm-hmm. I decided to do this. But, thinking about in our new house, in our kids' new rooms, like, that that would be a fun thing to for them. You remember when Grandma Grainside sewed, did she sew us all pillowcases? Because I had a strawberry shortcake one. Well, I'm just still, hold I'm still back a few steps. You're not doing this for Christmas. You're doing it for your new house. No, I'm doing it for Christmas. But because everyone's going to have a new bedroom at our new house okay. that I thought, okay. I'm giving it to them for Christmas. Is it like a sham? Or is it like a, a straight, pillowcase? Straight pillowcase. Interesting. Well, the funny thing is, it's been in my subconscious for a while. I'll expect all of you to go Google this if you don't already know what I'm talking about. I've seen it around as like a magic pillowcase or I feel like a burrito pillowcase is another name for it. It's like a... <laughs> I'm giving her a real... I would like to be able to paint you a picture of Becca's face at me right now. <laughs> How little affection she has for my burrito pillowcases. No desire to get involved with those. <laughs> Walk me through it. What's special about it? It's that they're quick and surprisingly fun to do, I think is probably what? the heart of the matter. But so, why okay. Is it a burrito? 
Okay, so you have three pieces of fabric. So you have the cuff of the pillowcase, yeah. a trim yeah. on the pillowcase, and the body of the pillowcase. Yeah. And so you have one is a quarter of... Nope, not a quarter of a yard. Yes. One of them is nine inches. So okay. yes. And then three quarters of a yard is the... So a 27-inch slice for the body of it. Nine inches for the cuff and then a two and a half inch piece for the trim. And then what you do is you have them, these are all selvage to selvage, like 40, 42 inch wide or 45 inch wide. And so the two and a half inch piece you iron lengthwise in half, like just into yeah. like that. And then you take your nine inch piece of <laughs> your nine inch. <laughs> It's hard, guys. It's hard to talk about crafting when someone's giving you the dirt face. <laughs> when someone hates it so hard they can't even bear with you. <laughs> I'm not hating it. Okay, I'm nine skeptical, inch, you but have I'm a nine-inch band, and then you do your iron in half piece. Yeah. So it's right yep. side up on the nine-inch band. Iron in half trim piece. You match up the edges. Yeah. On that, then you take the body of the fabric. Mm-hmm the the main drag fabric and you put it right side down lined up yep. on that then you take that piece so you have those edges all up you take the end of the body fabric and you roll it up up into the middle and then you take the the band piece the other side of it whip it over the top and pin that all together so you have five fabrics all together it's a french seam so it's one French seam that sews the cuff, the trim, and the body all together. Okay. And so then you sew down the line. Then you pull everything out of the cuff. That's why it's probably called the burrito because you have this long tube of fabric. And then you pull it all out. And then you French seam the sides. But it makes a cute multi-fabric pillowcase in a very short amount of time. And it's satisfying to do French seams in a tricksy wixy way. And that's really what got me involved in it. <laughs> so what what are you doing? Like a different one for each kid? Or you Oh, just... I know what happened. I know why I got into this. I know why? ground zero. Why? Because I happened upon a high quality boy print quilting fabric, which I don't I wasn't shopping quilting fabric. I was at like I think it was at the Hope Center. And it was a roll of one that had World War II planes on it. It was okay. like a cute... But it was like a boy fabric that was okay. a nice, cuter fabric. And I, I bought it because it was at the thrift store. And because I have plenty of cute florals. Interestingly, and when you said you knew what Ground Zero was, I was going to say, was it Goodwill? It could have been. It was probably the Hope Center in this case, though. Anyways, the point is, is that I thought when I saw that, Titus would love that in his room mm -hmm. somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so because I thought of that, and then I was like, well, maybe I'll just make him like a pillowcase so you can have yeah. neutral other things, but he can have a, you know, a point That's with fine. this fabric. But then because of that, I think I started thinking, oh, I should do one for everyone yeah. for Christmas. So I ordered fabric for everyone and they're very eccentric. And the part that was a poor choicemanship on my part was relying on what fabric I had around for the cuffs and the trim. Mm. Because I have a lot of fabric 
but that made much more of a mess last night that I had to rip into all my old fabric storage looking for coordinating cuffs. If you had just gone and bought nine inches, it would have been easier. Right, but I never did go to a store. I ordered it online, so then that's that. All that that'll do it. Yeah, but it was but it was cute, and you know what? I think they'll love it. I was remembering that Grandma sewed me that. Um, it was like Grandma sewed me a, a strawberry shortcake. Um, one and I never even liked strawberry shortcake that much but I loved that I had that <laughs> pillowcase or maybe I had a bear on it didn't we all have them I had yeah. you know what I'm talking about there were mm-hmm. like three different I don't know it was a thing it's a thing that makes you feel as a child really set well, I like that you're doing it because I myself am not crafting a single solitary item yet this Christmas yet well we still What's have in the time. wings? What's in the wings? Then? Nothing. I'm just currently I'm dealing with the short deadlines that are finals week next week, mm-hmm. a Christmas party for NSA staff and faculty and board and families. So that's like 150. I'm doing that a week from tonight. So I have to get through that and finals week, and then is Christmas. You see, after mm-hmm. I get through these other things. So. Who knows what I might not decide to undertake after I made. We were going to have soup night tonight at our house. Our last like soup we night did time. have soup night at our house tonight. Well, we were going to, but then it was snowing and then slushing, and we haven't been at mom and dad's house in this kind of weather. And I realized all of a sudden why mom was always feeling so treacherous about it <laughs> when it was the weather. Because I was like, don't want people slip sliding down the uh-huh. driveway uh-huh. or like it, it's because it was a really slippy bad one so we ended up canceling it tonight but I made probably the best soup I've made this whole time we've been doing it <laughs> the night that nobody came well I did a great big huge pot and um it's finals week four NSA and they all had a final at seven o'clock so they came some of them came it was smaller than normal they came, did mm-hmm. some soup, left. But then the final, this final only took them like 45 minutes. So I was getting messages saying, is it okay if people come back afterwards? <laughs> I was like, yes, come have more soup. Come eat the pot. So they might have done it in several installments tonight. But I'm out, so I don't know if they're eating the well, soup or tonight not. tonight I made a ham bone, you know, like I started with the ham bone from mm-hmm. the freezer. But it was much it was really good. And I... So... Fun. I need to write it down, probably. Because you know how a, that is. Mine was one that I... I don't know. I don't love it. It's a gnocchi soup. And some of the people are crazy for it. I myself eat it. And I'm like, eh. It's fine. Hmm. It's fine. It's like a creamy gnocchi with spinach and veg yeah. and stuff in it. But... I don't know. I I, the, I did. My personal feelings are undecided on this particular soup. Really? Yeah. Well, I did the one. I did the ham bone all day simmering with the celery and carrot and onion, you know, and then pulled all that out and threw in leeks and fennel and celery and some potatoes and a bunch of lentils and carrots. 
Is there any ham in it from the ham bone? When I pulled the bone out, then I picked it all off, and and then I added that after it was all after the lentils were cooked and everything, and um, was really good. That's fun. I think and pepper, you know, salt and pepper, but it was really good and like hearty. It was kind of a lentil stew. Yeah, see, some people on this one they made tonight are like, "This is the best one you ever make." Hmm. I'm like, "Is it though?" I just hmm. It's fine. I, I had just... a week. I had a week where I made the weirdest rolls. So weird. So unattractive. It was. It. I believe that my math went wrong. I think I put an extra cup or two of flour in it because oh. it was not behaving as I would have hoped it would behave <laughs> from much earlier on in okay. the event. Which happens, even though I use my trusty tried and true method of counting cups of flour as they go in. Apparently I didn't this time. Because mm-hmm. it's like when you're going to 16 cups of flour or something. What's your trusty tried and true method? I just put them in. I go in a pattern. So like it was 16. Actually I think I rem- I think I figured out later what my problem was. So so I, it's like whatever number. Say I have to do like 16 cups of flour. I do it at the four corners of the bowl. Oh you told me this. Yeah. And then I work my way around filling it in and like each tier of four it's like easier to keep track that's of. smart i do it as the kitchen aid is running though so you can't really no you need that. like uh air hockey goal marker slides <laughs> I've got, yeah, that's a good idea one cup of flour two because well, i talk flour. i'll say it out loud but Half the time I'm on the phone with you as I'm trying to count to 14. No. And then no set good. it aside and then count to 14 again. It's, for the, it's the worst when you get interrupted, like ran out of flour, I have to go open a new bag and you're like, yeah. seven, seven, seven. <laughs> I haven't put seven in yet. I'm on my way to get more flour know, for number seven. Because I do 14 per batch. So it is 28 every week that I'm putting in. I'm remembering now that what I did wrong where I aired on those rolls was that I... I counted correctly to 16, but I wasn't supposed to be aiming for 16, and I discovered that later. However, the point is, they were my worst, and I make a lot of bread, and if if I do say so myself, I make good bread. I can consistently make the bread I meant to make within reason. There's a, I mean, there's an error of margin. This was outside. An error of margin? (laughs) <laughs> well, emphasis there's on an, the error. There's an error of something. There's an error of something. A margin. A mar- <laughs> I don't even want to admit how long it took me to hear the, what was wrong. What have I done wrong here? The margin of error. I'm not trying to say that every batch of rolls is my best batch of rolls, but this one was outside the spectrum. And and sometimes you just have to be like, well, I meant well, Lord. I like I tried yeah. to make a decent roll for these people, but I guess mm-hmm. they can't have one. Was my no. feeling. But I put them out. I put them out like there. Everybody, look at what I did. Like you just know. And and you know what happened that week? One of the girls that came through was like. <gasps> Look at those rolls. I want to eat one of those. And I was like, those are the weirdest looking bad rolls I ever did make. And they were bad looking. They did not look like. Mm -hmm. There was nothing winsome about them. They just were blotchy and chunky. Like wrong. They did not have the element of light 
going for Sometimes them. Sometimes today I tell my girls, <laughs> I was like, occasionally there are days when you feel like your life verse is the stars in their courses fought against Sisera. <laughs> <laughs> it's not working with and everything's me. going wrong. Because like currently I have not one but two broken dishwashers. You know, both on the blink. What happened? I don't know. It's like they That's both rough. went to the dark side. And, uh. you know. And so now they're stanky. Oh. You know, because, like, there's the water in the bottom. Merry Christmas I to know. you. Thankfully, someone's coming to look at them tomorrow, but it's still tomorrow. Ugh. Anyway. That's happening. I feel like we should talk about something more. Edified. Relevant to anyone besides me. <laughs> me with my broken dishwasher you with your error of margins Um. (laughs) a non-marginal error Um, um, somebody asked us what about chronic pain and I couldn't find the question again I saw it come through when I was in class and so I couldn't read the whole question, and then now I can't find it. Do you know what... I think it was just asking if we could talk about chronic pain. Um, and I think it is because of what chronic pain... If I'm remembering the question rightly, it is more about what chronic pain teaches you about the the uh, mortality Mm-hmm. situation because because that's really what it usually is is like really motivated to change like I'm really motivated to throw myself into my work you know but I'm having this problem sure like I want to do a really good job being a wife and a mother and then but I but instead yeah. I got sidelined and um laid well, low and I I know that this is I have a lot of thoughts about this but I do too. I hate to do this. I'm just going to quote myself because I just, this is in my new book. Who Becca. better, who better rage oh, to quote you than Who could than, quote than me than but you. me? I mean, it's, yeah, it's, but just saying that you, for a Christian, you can have the confidence in God that you are always in the middle of your own most important spiritual work. Like, that God doesn't, you, God does not put you where you are not supposed to be in in a, especially in a situation like that right you're most important and that doesn't mean of course sin and things can lead us into complicated situations but if you're in a complicated situation it's still your most important spiritual work to repent and get it right like your most important work sure. is always right where you are right okay and i think that that's the that the problem sometimes with a situation like chronic pain is, is wanting God to have not given you that obstacle. Like I would like a different obstacle than this one, but that the reality is that God is most glorified when we obey in the circumstances that he put us in, not, not, um, coveting other ways to be obedient, you know, like not looking at other things that you would have liked to do, but just faithfully doing what you can and well and I I think my thought was sort of in this day of everyone oversharing their heads off on social media and everyone admires transparency. Like transparency is kind of the ultimate virtue for many people. 
and they feel like it's actually true. It really corresponds with tights as pants. With what? Kind of the tights as pants movement. Oh, tights like, as pants. Like, I thought you were you saying might tightest as well as pants. Also, no, not tightest. <laughs> it might. You might as well also be that that visible to everyone on the internet as well. Yeah, it's just kind mm-hmm. of like um, keep no secrets no. between. Okay, we had a little glitch there. We had some profound things we said, and it turned out but they weren't recorded. I think I think that we that we can jump back in because Becca, you you go okay, back I to was, what you were yeah, saying. Yeah. So, um, I was saying that I think there is a parallel to Christ's teaching where he says, "If you pray to be seen by men, or you give to be seen by men, you have your reward." But the God who sees in secret will reward you openly. And I think that there are a lot of people who bring their their pain or their trouble or their suffering and they bring it out into the public eye so that everyone can see how brave they're being and they have their reward. You know, like they, they're getting right. it. And I think chronic pain is a tough one because... Um, it isn't a big flashy illness that you're going to be... Well, it's usually not... It's not a focused with updates no, and deadlines. No, it's an no. ongoing burden. Yeah, it's an ongoing burden, and it's the kind of ongoing burden that I think you can sometimes see a lot of other people getting massively rewarded for all over social media about, <laughs> oh, you are such an inspiration and I don't know how you do it. Or it's, so your cheerful spirit is what cheerful really spirit. blows my mind. And, and they put up the chronic pain updates along with beautiful selfies or something and everybody's like, oh, and you look so lovely. What? Even though you you're hurting. You still have time for, you know. Anyway, <laughs> so it's just funny because I, I think that there is a parallel there where there's a, there is a sort of a suffering that just, it's never going to rise to the level of everybody is dying to ask how the can- new cancer treatment is going, you know, like it's yeah, not like it's not that. that. It's just something that you have oh, to and bear. And sometimes it's just still an aggravating problem and it's still there and it's just still there again and and I do think it's important to remember that your reward is not other people knowing about it and being impressed at how brave you are through it even if other people do know and do are impressed with how brave you are through it it's still not it's not the the reward that you should be looking for and the thing is is if you're if you're dealing with something like that and it doesn't even need to be chronic pain it could be some kind of like some kind of burden or sorrow or you know heartache heartache something that you're having to cope with and it and it's very much a trial for you but it's not a big flashy public one Mm -hmm. um just remembering that God sees it and really he's the only one that it matters that he see it. And right. That, and that you don't care you can, as much that people tell you good job. No, you want and you God to offer, say well done. You can offer your obedience through the trial up to him knowing that he's not going to neglect to notice it. Right. Did, did I say you're always in the middle of your most important spiritual work? In the middle of what we cut off. We cut off some stuff. So we might repeat ourselves. One thing I was going to say is to beware of perverse incentives, basically. Yeah. That 
that this is a thing we've talked about in the podcast before about outing yourself when you realize that you're bad in one particular way or when you suddenly see like, oh my goodness, I've been self-indulging in that place or like, yep. um, like I think examples we've used before is if you're, if you're the kind of person who's like, oh, I just have a headache or I'm just really tired, but it's not really that accurate of an assessment of what's wrong with you. You mostly just don't feel like doing what you were supposed mm-hmm. to be doing or mm-hmm. whatever. If you realize that that kind of thing, like you need to out yourself and blow your bridges immediately yep. and make it such that this is not a hobby of yours to, to, to have a habitual lie or a habitual, you know, mm-hmm. like, but to really be honest. And this is another place that I would say you want to be very hard edged with yourself on perverse incentives. Like if you, if the desire to dramatize how you're feeling is at all present, it is probably because you were getting some kind of feedback. Like there is something that you want out of the drama. Mm-hmm. And if your goal is really like, Lord, you put me here. I don't know why you gave me this burden, but I want to glorify you in it. Like yeah. show me how to do that. Then you are not incentivized then to flop at the first sign of, you know, like you're, you're not, I think what I'm trying to say is, you know, everyone has seen it on the basketball court where someone gets poked in the eye and then they limp off of the court. <laughs> like we it's all, that's, good. that's, that is a human thing yeah. to have a wound in one place cause an outrage, uh, you know, like a, <laughs> a full response. And it, and the thing is, is that if you're there for other people's attention, if you're like, tell me, how is it going today? What, how can I be praying for you? What yep. can I do for you? Well, if you're there for all that, you're incentivized to keep having the problems yep. and the struggles and because the terrible. If you were to suddenly be cured of your problem, then away would go all of because your... away would go all the attention you've been getting and all right. of the glory of being the, and I do the think... painful sufferer. Yeah, and, and there are people who do revel in being the painful sufferer. And, and, and there are also the people who have been the painful sufferer their entire life and you don't know it. Yep. Like, and that's a thing that you have to recognize is that sometimes you haven't heard of anyone having this condition because no one else thought to share it with people. Because, like, uh, well, and I do think that our culture doesn't admire bravery as much as we admire f- kind of a faux bravery almost, mm-hmm. uh, like, um, let me bring to your attention my pain so that I can then bring to attention what did bring I to your you? attention how brave I am through it. We have a really messed up uh, there's a lot of ways in which our culture is seriously confused but when I was going to the hospital with Moses I got the giggles with one of the nurses who was doing all the paperwork with me and she hands me this piece of paper that says upon it I'm loosely quoting that you have a right to a pain-free birth experience. I was like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I don't have that. Like, I, I'm just between you and me, I don't think this is one of my human rights. And, and, and fact, she's laughing. I'm like, in fact, what we know is that birth is going to be painful. So I'm like, so why are we, yeah. like, what are we hoping for here? And I think that that's the thing is that in generations 
behind us now. They didn't expect a pain-free life. No. We have people who expect, like they think the human right is that you wake up energized and excellent, (laughs) that you feel at your best energy levels, that you are, you know, like perfect health is something Mm -hmm. we think is a baseline of what we deserve. Right. Right. And then anything that's not perfect is like something we've been ripped off like some right. like like I had this handful of money and someone is taking it away from me so yes. we act like we're really outraged but we instead we're never saying things it's not like we're always counting the things we've lost and talking about the things that we've lost as though we had a right to them in the first yep. place yep. and instead of the fundamental christian business which is the business of thanksgiving and gratitude Right. And noticing how much you're being given all the time. Like, yep. how much, you know. And I think the thing with the chronic pain or any other sort of similar stuff is you have to turn a profit on the on what God gave you. Uh-huh. And so you have to think, all right, how can I turn a profit on this that God has entrusted me with? And he has entrusted me with a lot of pain that nobody really knows or particularly sympathizes with. Or uh, he's entrusted me with pain that everybody sees and everybody wants to help. And everybody, you know, like, what are you yeah. going to do with that? What are you going to do with um, a ton of responsibilities and also you feel really gross all the time? You know, like, how mm-hmm. are you going to turn a profit on that? I- and I think that... If you think of it... Um, I just feel like saying in the middle of this, because of all the qualifications, just want to say that we're not talking in the abstract. We've both had things that we've had to bear. Totally. So it's not like... It's not, that's saying, not what oh, we're here to talk about. Those people but, out there But we actually... This, yeah, like this is a personal thing that, that you've had to process. It's not like totally. something... It's not something that we would be like... No, and I do think that there's a, there's a way of cheerfully bearing what God has given you and if you're doing it right people won't know Mm -hmm. you know what I mean now there's other things that you can be doing it right and everybody knows I'm not saying nobody should ever know that you know that's not the meter the meter of it is not who knows no and and I think that's it's more that God pleased with you (laughs) that is the point I'm trying to make is the meter should not be people realizing seeing how tough you're being sympathizing and then thinking oh that's so impressive of her and I think oh I think I said this in the part that got cut out but um in the same way that I think it it can be easy to cover gossip with the sort of holy veneer of let's pray for this person or what's really weighing me down yeah this is weighing me down it's, it's on my concern. heart it's, it's a, on my yeah, heart right I need now. to share it yeah. with some yeah, and, and basically... It's really on my heart right now that just, my husband is not being very thoughtful. It's just, <laughs> it's just been weighing me down. I'm just so worried for no, him. And you he's can't, not walking in the spirit right now. And you now. couldn't walk into your ladies' Bible study and go, oh, Did you hear? But Hopefully, you could, you Lord could willing. put on sort of a, well, a voice and say, Ladies, I, 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 just, I covet your prayers. <laughs> <laughs> and so... The thing is, is you can do the same, you can get the same thrill, you can get the same reaction, it can be just as gossipy, only you've learned how to cover it. Now, Mm -hmm. obviously, 
prayer requests are not bad. There's loads of ones that are fine. So it's not, this is not a anti-prayer like request. If you, but, you know when you watch the news and there's a constant scrolling banner across the yeah, bottom of things? That's Imagine our, a constant scrolling banner of qualifications yeah, us this. at the bottom saying, yeah, we're not saying. I don't mean that. That no one can ever request prayer. Don't, no. But, totally. But in the same way that you can, you can sinfully gossip, but under a certain sort of righteous uh, layer of. Right. Of people won't call you so, on it, sorts of things. You, I think, other people can be tempted to sort of, in the public eye, suffer in such a way as to get them lots of accolades to make it to make it their and, their like MO. and to be like I am. I am just if I can be an example to anyone else out there, if I can be a help. To anyone whose story, if I can just share my experience in a way that is a blessing to anyone. Which is, again, scrolling qualifier. Not an evil deed to want nope. to bless people. Lots of times Tone it's of fine. voice is important Lots here, I think. Lots of times <laughs> it's fine. But I do think that that maybe the temptation is to see people who are doing that. And then feel like, well, look at me over here not getting any of those. And I think that my chronic pain is a mile worse and than hers. I can't believe. And this is how and we so, have 100,000 awareness days. Oh, my word. You yeah. know? Where you're like yeah. sensitive to smells awareness days. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you ever seen things like that? Like little yeah, activists yeah. who don't want perfu- <laughs> perfume samples to be in the magazine. People who stuff. don't like pound cake awareness day. Stop <laughs> afflicting me with your Sarah Lees. So I have to I have to say though that I've been listening. I listen to screw tape letters a, a couple chapters at a time sometimes and I was listening to it today and I feel like this is a parallel, even though I'm gonna botch the quote, it still was really good. He was talking about uh selfishness or selflessness and he was talking about those people who uh give to others not out of a desire to see the other person be happy but they give out of a desire to see themselves be selfless yep like who's the star of this show yep and that that is the that is the thing that comes up this here is because is the, difference. the the heart of the matter is like are you bearing your own trial out of a desire to genuinely see other people not have to carry it for you you know what i mean like like your husband or like can i be joyful today instead of moaning all along about my troubles can right. i just be joyful genuinely to see him happy or is yep. it all about watching me be brave <laughs> you know and the reality is that whenever you're doing it all about you it will out will come the it will pop yep it will pop and when it pops it will pop so hard but it really is a question of what um how are you framing this little narrative and if it's a case of here's what god has given me how can i turn a profit on it whether it's a trial or an affliction, or an illness, or a betrayal, or whatever it is that God has given you, how are you going to give it back to him? And are you going to give it back to him with interest or not? And I think you have to think about you giving it back to God, and you offering it up to God, and you you should be willing to have him be the only one who sees it. And And it should be primarily... Like, if anybody else sees it, 
that's an incidental for you. It's not like that, whether Mm -hmm. they see it or not, is really not the issue. It's just, who are you doing it for? Who are you being brave for? I think it is is, a good time. Is it kind of like, you know how, um, there's that sort of feeling now that if like, if you didn't post it on the Instagram, did it really happen? Uh It's sort of like, if nobody noticed me be brave, was I even brave? Did we vacation (laughs) if it didn't make other people want to have done it? Right. And so Mm -hmm. I just think that like, there's a, there's a sense in which I think all of us could stand to be a little bit more valiant in our life. Yeah, totally. And I think, I think it's just a helpful perspective, even if you're not dealing with any real substantive issues. Do you know what I mean? Like, we yeah. all need to have Maybe this approach it's just to the little kind things. Kind of a little you know? bit of a morose time in Milwaukee that you're having. <laughs> you're gonna stigmatize <laughs> another place in the Midwest. <laughs> We've been guys ever since the great Minnesota episode. We've been we've been causing everyone to struggle. Mostly, I I have to give a shout out to Sylvia because we were laughing about her saying. Ben and Becca recently traveled in real life, traveled to Minnesota. Yeah, we got which back Which basically last week. made none of us able to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how Ben and Becca are getting ready to go to... <laughs> They're taking a trip to... <laughs> um, you know, they're yeah. traveling... They're traveling. Anyways. They're going to the Midwest. Yes. Yeah. They're doing one of those things. Anyways, the point is, Becca's trying to, now she's trying to rope in another Midwest place. I just pulled that out of nowhere. I was just saying that, like, you know, maybe you're just having a kind of a bleak time. I'll tell you. In wherever you are. Isn't it Heather who has cousins that call it the Cleveland Deers? Because (laughs) there's a family, they they happened to live in Cleveland for a short phase but the way I hear it told they lived in Cleveland when all all of the kids had acne and braces <laughs> and were at gangly ages and they were swimming so they were all super pale and acne and so they, they just refer to anyone's awkward years as the Cleveland years <laughs> Because when they lived in Cleveland was not their best time. Not not their most attractive. But I just mean, okay, so let's say you're having your own Cleveland deer. Uh-huh. And it's nothing real big. Like, what if it's the postpartum train wreck that can happen? Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Or, it's, or it's a chronic pain thing, or it's just whatever you're in a difficult phase of life or things are really hard with your husband's job or things are tough in your marriage or whatever it is whatever trial you've been given big or small rachel's getting the giggles about it that's what it is just remembering the meme somebody shared of a lady shoveling ice cream into her face while crying that said when you eat because you're sad and you're sad because you're fat and you're fat because you eat. <laughs> like you've gotten yourself into a terrible cycle. You cannot break out. Yep. I just think there's whatever it is, particularly if it's a long-term behind the scenes thing. I just think it's a, it's a question of, Give it to God and give it only to Him. And that's him. that thing in John about 
about a seed that dies and goes into the ground is the one that produces fruit. And I've used, and I've used this before because I think it comes up a lot in our lives that when God gives us seeds instead of planting them, which is, which is really by default a silent, boring place to put them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like when Dark. you, when you plant, when you actually Cold. plant something, you let go of it. You are not yep. currently living with it. You stuck yep. it somewhere else and yep. you left and you left it to God. And, and it, he talks about, you know, any, all things in him, like was sown in, well, I think I'm mashing up some verses there. <laughs> I was going to say, but that's sown about the resurrection. Sown will be raised in glory. Yeah, but I, that's not in John. That's in yeah. 1 Corinthians 15. But anyways, whatever the case, what I'm trying to say is it talks about a seed that's really died yep. and been planted is one that will come back with an enormous harvest. Yep. And I think that this comes up all the time when parents have kids who don't turn out well. They often go get the photo album, the family album of all the seeds they planted that are stuck behind the plastic. And they're like, see, I did this for them, and I did this for them, and I did this for them, and I did this. And it's like, you did all those things, but you didn't plant it. Like, you didn't let that go. Right. You stuck it in an album to to look at all the time how much you sacrificed and right. to think about how much you did for them. Yep. And instead of having that come back a hundredfold when when Christ just makes it fruitful like he just right. makes it matter and i think that the question that we actually got was someone who really has a desire to be doing more and be being more helpful but is having health problems that are keeping her from yep. that right. and and this is that is that you let it go into the ground in Christ and it will be fruitful and it will be more fruitful than yep. any imagined seeds no. you could plant in your imagination. No. And it will be it will be probably different than the fruit you wanted to grow. That's all right. Yeah, cuz it turns is, out we're not the master and no. commander. <laughs> no, if if God is growing a watermelon patch with you, but you, you go with that. You go. You wanted dahlias. It's like, well, lots of conflict there. It's you're just God gave you some seeds to plant. You plant them. You plant them and, and you, you let see God what he intends with it. Like, see what he's going to grow with it. Because you have no idea how God will use your faithfulness. And somebody else's faithfulness may look like being a crazy multitasker who doesn't need any sleep. Who just gets so much stuff done. That might be somebody else's fruit. Somebody else's faithfulness. And he you're might have given me, you... You're making me sort of look into the distance. What would that be like? <laughs> <laughs> but if he's giving what if you I didn't need much sleep? some kind of a burden where it's like uh, you can't do that. That that is. Whatever you have in your hands is what the Lord is asking you to plant. Like that's yeah. just what it is. And so you say, okay. You know, like, and do yeah. you have, I hope if you have kids, I'm sure you've done the thing where you're like, they're like, can I help mom? Can I help? And you're like, sure. Unload the dishwasher. And they're like, uh, I didn't, I didn't mean with that. <laughs> like I was thinking more chopping this onion. <laughs> right. And you're like, no, you know, like yeah. if you're not willing to do the job that I give you, you're not willing to help. Right. You're trying to have a recreational time is yeah. what you're trying to yeah. do. And that's the, it's true of us. Like when we say like, you know, here I am, Lord. Like, I'm your servant. And he says, great, take out the trash. And you're like, 
well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, then it shows that we didn't really have our heart in wanting to be used wherever he puts us. Like, right. that we want, we want to be yeah. doing and what he I called us to do. Frequently, we get ourselves into trouble when we are measuring our obedience or our fruitfulness next to the person that we are looking at across the way. Rather than offering it up to God and measuring it vertically, we kind of like to measure horizontally. Uh, I'm thinking of another thing my kids do that's a big no-no in our house. It is when they say something like, can I have a granola bar, Mom? Because Shad had one. When right. the because when the reason you're asking for something <laughs> is because someone else had it, yeah. it's like no, that is not a reason. Like if you and it's the same way. I'm not, it's the same thing with asking the Lord for something, because like it's if it's like I want to be like that person, I'm envying that. I yeah. want that. God doesn't bless that. That's not what He's. No, those are not the prayers but that you get the answers for. You also, when you, you say, "Lord, give me the grace to do what you want me to be doing right now," He always answers those yeah. prayers. Yeah, and I think we always should be wanting to be diligent and hardworking, and sometimes that's going to look different than mm-hmm. other times. I always quote Anna Edwards when she said to me that sometimes we just have to endure to the glory of God. Like sometimes yeah. you just have to endure it to his glory and that's yep. really it like there's no big fanfare around it no. it was just getting through to the glory of god <laughs> and, <laughs> and that is it that is a fruit so it is definitely a fruit okay so let's move on to a tip yes tipster what do you got up your sleeve <laughs> She laughs like she has no tips. Uh, I laugh because I am completely devoid of tips. And I'm thinking the I'm getting a sore dry. The well has... It's <laughs> gang dry, my love. <laughs> All the seas gang, gang dry. dry. And I thought I had a cough drop, but I don't. Rebecca's tip is she doesn't have a cough drop and she has no tips. And I like that I've just told everyone, I think I'm getting a sore throat. <laughs> bravery as she pushes through her impending practical application in process. We're going to do a 24 hour support-a-thon for Rebecca and her sore throat as she predicts is coming her way. Your bravery, your bravery is an inspiration to all of us. I try, I try. Someday I'm going to grow up and be just like you. If only I could just, if only I could encourage some of you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, wow. My tip, my tip tip is to panic about Christmas now and <laughs> and look over but the, my tip oh. I'm currently using is a tip of have your husband <laughs> hide a bunch of presents you can't remember <laughs> in the attic where you can't find them. <laughs> oh no. And then he'll have to come find them but I don't even know who they're for or who we got stuff for. And oh. I need, we gotta sort that out ASAP. 
to find out if we totally neglected one child or yeah, not. You might we never have. know. You might have. And uh, yeah, but that's not my best tip. It's not my best work. <laughs> you think you could have done better? On I think that. I could have done better, but that's all I got, oh. anyways. So wow, Rach, we need to start like actually. We always you always say that. Just don't feel shamed. No, we we have to... no tips. We have none. <laughs> we got no tips. I feel like we gotta start thinking during the week. You know, like I think we should start thinking during the week as well, but I don't know <laughs> that we're doing it. I'm pretty sure we're not. I just mean, I mean, just it would be good thinking at all. Yeah, we should that. think during the week. Um, I'm not sure. Like if we if we work on it anymore, will we think of one? I have a great sugar cookie recipe. If you're doing sugar cookies, by all means, use meringue powder in the frosting. It's good. Make an icing that will set up and be decoratable. That's what my okay. kids are doing that Wait, tonight. Though. I have don't, no tip. Don't fiddle about with powdered sugar and something without any real stability agent holding on to itself. Meringue powder is good. Um, but I found that if you get your meringue powder frosting, like if you get it all to the right consistency where it's not goopy thick, but it's not crazy runny thin. It's right. just that sort of nice middle of the road. Grab your sugar cookie by the edges and just dip it lightly in the frosting. Turn it over and it will puddle out a little bit and it will dry perfectly flat and pretty. Because you know how they always tell you to pipe around the outside edge and then fill inside and the piping yeah. will keep it. You can actually achieve the same effect with a quick dip if you do it yeah. right. I and use a squirt bottle like a ketchup bottle. Nope. Not like the actual ketchup bottle rinsed out, but like the little squeezy yeah, ones like that are squeezy in the cake decorator. Yeah. I suddenly had flashes of people picturing me with the big Hunt's <laughs> ketchup bottle. That is what I had in mind. Like, uh, that wasn't what I <laughs> That's did. That's what I was picturing. That's not what I did. And then, but it's just as easy. But I've made some really cute ones in the past that were kind of modern arty, where we lined a bazillion when you're doing them like for something. Mm -hmm. I lined them all up on parchment like sheets mm -hmm. cl pretty close together yeah and i essentially splatter painted them like where you drizzle them with one color and then mm -hmm. a splatted like a f i had a lot of different colors and it was and they were actually super cute that way yeah the, i'm sure they are i just mean you know how like if you have a really well frosted sugar cookie it's not running down the sides you know what i mean like it's yeah. like all yes, just located on the yeah. top you can get that oh, with a dip. And my other... And then if you dip it and then turn it over, you can add, like, with a squeeze bottle, you can add, like, polka dots into the wet frosting, and it will meld into it yeah. nicely. Mm -hmm. Anyway. I spent years on the struggle bus of sugar cookies because I yeah. like a good sugar cookie. Me too. But I like it. I also apparently fuss about sugar cookies because I would make them and just think that wasn't it. No. Like, that's not what I want to see from a sugar cookie. When they puff too much or they... Or, or they're, they're too crispy around the they're edges. They're too crispy or they're too soft or they're not... Or they just or slightly don't their doughy. shape or they're an incredible pain to work with. A little bit with. too cakey. One thing I'll do sometimes because my, my recipe, which I really love, obviously is a lot of butter in it. So it, it can get too soft as a dough. You know, like you have it in the fridge, but then it can get kind of soft sure. when you're working with it and so one thing I do because I use the restaurant baking 
uh, parchment all the time. I'll roll it out between parchment. And sometimes if it's just feeling too soft, my cookie recipe, I cut them out and I put them back in the fridge on the cookie sheet for a little bit and then bake them. Okay. So, but sometimes if that's happening, I will just put the whole parchment sheet of dough with the cutouts, but I have not lifted them out of the, out of the dough back in the fridge. And then when I'm going to bake it, I pull all the outside, the outside webbing off of it and spread them out when, once they're Mm, set up again into a nice, well, that's good. Generally, I'm a little more, uh, now I just kind of slap dash them on out and let the kids decorate them. But you know, I've been through some times. I haven't actually made a sugar cookie in quite a while. I should probably get back around to that, but. Well, I did, my kids are decorating them tonight and I, I'm always glad to cross it off of the December list. Did that. My solution is don't put it on the December list. Your kids are a little bit older. My kids still care to have decorated yeah. a cookie at Christmas time. Yeah, we're so, not we're not in that mood right now. Yeah. So for me it's all about getting it done like yeah. okay, we did that success That's part good. of Christmas celebrating. All right. Merry well, Advent. We we See struggled out a tip at the end. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. You think of yourself now, and then in four years' time, what do you want yourself to look like? And is the education that you're considering going to help you get to that place? When you're a student, you want to become like your teacher. You're going to become like your teacher. Looking at NSA beforehand, I knew I wanted to become like the men who are teaching here. Fireman, husband, father, doctor, no matter where you want to go, NSA is just such good preparation for the person that you want to be. If you want to be an effective Christian, you need to be able to lead and shape culture. If you want to do that, no matter what your occupation is, you need to shape yourself, um, prepare yourself as a person for that job. And liberal arts is, I think, the best education you can have for that. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu.